Thank you for joining us today as we continue our study of the book of Revelation. Today on Drawing Near, we continue our study of the seven bowls of God's wrath. These bowls represent the most intense judgments of God upon the rebellious people of the earth. It is astonishing to see that even in the midst of such a display of God's presence and power, those who follow the Antichrist still blaspheme God's name. I encourage you to open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 16, and join us for Darkness and Demons. As we prepare to study God's Word today, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your presence in our lives, in all of creation. And we thank you for making yourself known to us through creation, through your Word, through your Spirit through your Son, and through judgment. Father, it is a comfort for the believer to know that you are there, that you are with us all the time. I pray, Father, that more and more people will experience your presence and will bow before you in faith. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Revelation chapter 16, verse 10, we read, Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and did not repent of their deeds. So as we come to verse 10 and the fifth bowl, we see the fifth angel pouring out his bowl. He pours it out specifically on the throne of the beast. In the previous bowls, we saw the first bowl poured out, resulting in sores on all the people. Then the seas were turned to blood. Then the fresh water was turned to blood. And then we saw men scorched when the angel poured out his bowl upon the sun. Now this fifth angel is pouring out his bowl on the throne of the beast specifically. And the result of this is his kingdom became full of darkness. Now, we don't know the form this darkness took. Did the sun refuse to shine, or was there darkness in mood or in emotion? Did things turn evil? We really don't understand what it means that everything turned to darkness. But the result is that the pain that accompanied this darkness caused people to gnaw their tongues. The pain was so intense that they chewed their tongues. And I have to tell you, that's distasteful to think about. That's grotesque. But even in the midst of such pain, in verse 11 we're told, they blasphemed the God of heaven. And they blasphemed God rather than repent, rather than call out for mercy. They blaspheme him because of their pains and their sores. Obviously, the sores from the first bowl are still there. And they did not repent of their deeds. The important point here of they did not repent of their deeds is not really the attitude of the individuals on the earth who are blaspheming God. The importance of this phrase is this. God was looking for them to repent. God's desire in judgment is not simply to judge sin, but to bring about correction, repentance, and they refuse to repent. They would rather continue in their sinful deeds, follow the beast, worship him, 
and experience the darkness, the blood in the waters, the pain that caused them to gnaw their tongue rather than repent and worship God. That is the depth of their deception. They are in darkness regarding sin and God. They are dead in their sins and trespasses. They are in bondage to sin, so much so that they cannot see the hope, the salvation, the mercy and grace of God, his love for them in sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross. They are so blinded by their sin that they cannot see all that God provides for them through Jesus Christ. This is the depth of sin, and we need to understand it. Sin is not fun. It is not pleasurable. It is not freedom to be able to do whatever you want. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Being the truth, he says, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Those individuals who trust in Jesus Christ have been set free from their sins, set free from the darkness and the deception of sin. They have been set free to follow God in truth and holiness. In verse 12 we read, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. This judgment may not look like much of a judgment at all. The river had already been turned to blood. Now it was dried up. How does that affect anybody on the earth? How is that supposed to bring about repentance? Well, the drying up of the great river Euphrates results in a pathway being created. The kings from the east are going to travel westward, and there is going to be a great war, an ultimate war. We're going to see that in the chapters ahead. In this judgment, God is making preparations for that war that is going to be the climax of so much of these judgments. Then in verse 13 we read, And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. What John sees here are not three frogs. We are told in verse 13, three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. The best way John could describe this was, They were frog-like. Now, honestly, I'm not sure that in these last days there's going to be frogs coming out of these mouths. I believe, in all likelihood, these frogs were simply images to represent these unclean spirits. Spirits, by definition, are ephemeral. They're air-like. They're spirits. And so in order for John to see these things that are unseen, They took on a frog-like appearance. Now, maybe there will be frogs in the last day coming out of the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. I don't know. I just think that this is a picture 
that John sees and relates to us so that we may understand what's going on. In any case, these demons, and they're clearly labeled as demons, unclean spirits, they perform signs. And these signs are done before the kings of the whole earth and emphasized by the statement, and of the whole world. And the purpose of these signs from these unclean spirits is to gather all of the kings of the whole world together for the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So a path has been created by the drying up the great river Euphrates. These demons have gone forth into the world to gather all of the kings of the whole world together for the great battle of God Almighty. In verse 15, we see the Lord Jesus speak, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. This verse is reminiscent of the things Jesus taught his disciples when he walked the earth. He told them that he was going to come like a thief in the night, that they should be watching, because if they watch, they will not be caught off guard like those who did not watch. And so he's going to come suddenly, at a time, at an hour, when no one knows. And so the followers of Jesus Christ are to watch. And here we see a beatitude, a blessing. Blessed is he who watches. So we are blessed as we watch for the return of the Lord Jesus. But also blessed is the one who keeps his garments, who does not trade them in, or who does not soil them. The call here is for the saints, the followers of Jesus, to persevere in the midst of whatever tribulation or persecution we may encounter, and to remain holy, to walk in the likeness of Christ, to walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. We are not to be caught off guard. We are not to be naked. The garments that we have from the Lord Jesus Christ, the garments washed by the blood of Christ, we are to keep them. We are to hang on so that we will not be ashamed in the day when Jesus returns. And we need to understand, this is talking about the second coming of Jesus. This verse alludes to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has already come and raptured up his church, but now he is going to come all the way back to the earth. He is going to come for the second time to the earth. In verse 16 we read, And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Here we see the battle of that great day of God Almighty labeled. It is the battle of Armageddon. In these two bowls, the fifth and sixth bowl judgments, we see darkness falling upon the kingdom of the Antichrist and God preparing for the battle of Armageddon. We see Jesus Christ saying, He is coming back. And when He comes back, He's coming back to be victorious over all of the kings of the world in the battle of Armageddon. These things are certain. These things are going to take place. And all that we've looked at today are contained in the fifth and sixth bold judgments. I pray that we would heed the warning of God and that we would stay watchful and waiting, anticipating the return of Jesus Christ 
the return for his church, and the return in his glory, in his power, for the battle of Armageddon. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these words that we read today, words that clearly declare your presence and your power over not only your followers, but over all the people of the earth and over demons as well. You are the God in control of all of human history, and we need to worship you and praise you. Be humbled by these facts. Father, work in our hearts. Continue to keep us focused upon the things that are yours, the things that honor and glorify you, and help us to continually remember that we are here to witness and to testify of your presence and power in the world and in our lives. Guide and direct us today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.